This episode of Behind the Counter is brought to you by the Detroit Bus Company. Providing charter services and tours around the city, the Detroit Bus Company now offers Ride for Ride. For every ticket sold, you're giving a child in need a free, safe ride to school or after-school program. Learn more at thedetroitbus.com. You hear this cool new intro music? That's the work of The Potions, one of the nine bands that our guest this week plays in. Richie Wolfile from Lo and Behold, is behind the counter. This is the podcast where we get to know the people behind the places that we love and what makes them tick. I'm your host, Andy DiDerosi. Welcome. Thanks for listening. Richie Wolfile is big on music, print, and all sorts of crafts at his homegrown Hamtramck-based storefront slash label thing. It's called Lo and Behold. He's passionate about the things he creates and publishes, putting his intent before spreadsheets and sometimes profit. He actually got his start printing out a collection of poetry given to him randomly by a bus driver from Livonia at his previous place of work. I was working at Barnes & Noble at the time, and there was a guy that used to come in, and he would uh, hand me uh, envelopes of poems he wrote or stories, and usually if I wasn't there, he'd leave them. <laughs> and so they'd just be on my desk. And I'm... What was his motivation? What, did, what was he thinking that was going to happen with him? Well, I think, you know, he told me then, he, he was like, you know, I'm just giving you these because you get it. And uh, and you seem you're the only person that's ever responded to them or given me any feedback or said anything constructive to me or <laughs> real about them. <laughs> so he's like, I'm just giving them to you. You know, yeah. it wasn't. I don't think he um, thought I would publish publish them or anything like that because nobody knew that. Nobody knew I, my intention was to try to do that kind of stuff. I sure. was just. It was like secret, you know, um, secret, you know, concoctions in my my bedroom of like. Oh yeah, I'm gonna put out some books. I'm gonna put out some tapes and records, and like, oh yeah, you know. But it seems like the intention that you carried to it, like um, that you would listen to people and talk to people. I'm just assuming uh, is like what propelled that, you know? Because yeah. it sounds like you were like, uh, you know, like a, a receptive person to his concept, exactly. Um, which you know, I, I've heard a lot. That's that's what lo and behold carries in the marketplace is like that you know you're down to do pretty much whatever you want to record in the store like let's do it like that's yeah. that's that's what i hear you know how much of that is the, is a part of your business from your perspective well it's it's so i wouldn't even say it's a part of my business but it's just a part of my intention uh i just i want to support my friends and myself and um uh, and naturally if you're going to have a public space or a business and you're in a neighborhood um you have to regard the neighborhood too so and you know it's like local musicians kids come in hang out even like little kids come by on their way home from school and just sit and play the drums and chill out and cool you know it's you have to engage um one of my, my biggest frustrations i see with a lot of modern businesses is that they open up um businesses in neighborhoods where they don't interact with the neighborhood or they, the neighborhood can't even immediately afford you know afford the uh the goods you know prime example would be like maybe shinola or something like that where sure. you, you come in with like a heavy intention to but not for the neighborhood it's like well we'll bring in people from birmingham on their way to eastern market that's who we're gonna bring you know we're gonna bring in like but in my whole thing is like well no like just be a part of the neighborhood and be real <laughs> you know yeah. hang out hang out with the kids down the street and um and just provide an outlet and a space for that hmm. and uh you know and it, it, I, I try to treat it pretty naturally like i don't try to force it anyway or go oh, I need to put out a record of this or do this or I need to cultivate this it's it's more like you know just interacting with people and talking to people if you were to come by and you're like this is cool oh yeah, oh, yeah. these bands are cool or whatever oh yeah I made a tape you want to hear it and I'm just like sure cool. I'm not I'm not looking 
I'm not trying to solicit like I'm not like send me your tapes because I want to put them out because I don't I don't want to put out I really don't want to put out anybody's stuff right I'd rather just influence other people to put stuff out for themselves to say like well you know I'm doing this for myself to show you how easy it is for you to do it for yourself yeah and you know trying to cultivate that exchange that sounds like more of a community service than a you know an yeah. enterprise yeah I don't see it as like a entrepreneurial venture or any of that stuff i don't yeah. i've never thought about it like that it's it, always is the enterprise parts of it then like uh you know running a business is it secondary to that initial? yeah yeah because yeah. if the shop fails um fails in sales and doesn't you know um sustain itself that's fine then i can just retain it as a workspace and it first first and foremost it is a workspace you know people that came in yesterday to shop they're like oh are you closed and i'm like no i'm just i was like building some shelves and then I was like hanging stuff and you know there's like ladders and tools everywhere and it, you know but it's only like that for a day or two and then it, then it's cleaned up and right but everyone's like oh is it what are you renovating or what I'm like no no just do your thing and I'm like just I'm gonna keep working I'm just living man <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's just that kind of thing where I don't first and foremost it has to be a workspace for me if it's not then it, it doesn't feel like I'm doing my thing you know yeah um so yeah, the, the business side of it is secondary. It shouldn't be because I should be like, oh no, I need to make money. I need to do all these things. But I, it's not where my harder interests are. So yeah. I don't, and it's not like, and the, the worst part about it, like I never had any startup loans or any of that kind of stuff that most businesses have. I just moved into moved my stuff into a storefront and started selling my own stuff and that was it. So if I'm doing my math right, you were, uh, you know, you were lo and behold without a shop for like five years, and yep. then you've had a shop about five years now. Yep. Uh, what was your impetus to get a space? Um, a breakup, really, and uh, and being like, well, I, what am I going to do? I have all this stuff too that I don't want, I don't care about anymore, like records, books, and I was like, you know, I'll just do like a pop up kind of thing maybe, or try to just get rid of it short term in like a couple months, and yeah, but then it's still happening, and I was, and I also was like, well. I always did imagine a storefront or like a physical space that people could go into and interact with. That's like that is the, like the lo and behold thing. Yeah. But I never envisioned it being like on the main drag of Joseph Campo or like it wasn't. You know, I just saw it, saw it being like the lower room in like my house <laughs> or something. <laughs> you know, like Discord style, like DC house, where it's like just a house in a neighborhood and like the lower floor is the shop and you can go in there and talk, but then you don't. You know, it's like you can stop into it, but it's not really a, a business per se. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I, I have that sort of way DIY ethos about it, but it's just a public storefront too. So it's it's almost challenging and breaking down that barrier that, that um, about customer and uh, and enterprise. It's more just like it's a space that some the various things are exchanged. Yeah. Well, how how do you fit in with the the, you know, there's a bunch of different cultures in Hamtramck. Uh it's one of the most diverse cities in America. Yeah. Uh you know, famously so sometimes. So how how does Lumbehold interface with all those different cultures in there? Well, I wouldn't say it, I don't inter interface might be the wrong word. It it's definitely integrates into it though. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just about talking to your neighbors and um you know, the guys that run Delight Cafe um I love those guys so much. So good, by the way. All right, it's the best. <laughs> yeah, it's but so good. you know, they're I'm, I'm really supportive of their shop, and they're really supportive of my shop. They love it. They like you know, they're always like, we want to come out to some shows and hang out, you know. And 
And I'm like, yeah. And, you know, and they're like, you should bring some music over here. Just come bring your guitar and like, <laughs> you know, give me lessons or something. And it's just whatever. It's just always, always exchanging. And um, same thing with the, um, uh, the dudes that own the dollar store a couple doors down. They just bought Polish Market and they're expanding. Oh, wow. That. And they re, re, re renovating that into a market again. They, they already opened. And, um, but it's just chatting with people, you know? And so, if like this is another thing with intention like if if like uh, a bengali person came into my store and felt uncomfortable like i probably wouldn't want to be there anymore yeah does that make sense yeah but i get like older bengali ladies coming in like buying fabrics and stuff and buying things and but then i get like you know older black folks coming in younger black folks coming in i get white kids coming in it's just all if if a black person came into my store and felt uncomfortable being there of like oh like oh this is just some uptight white shit you know yeah my language but like oh it's good man then i wouldn't do it i'd be done you know yeah. but the fact that um i've created like a open energy space too that's it's just accepting to whatever and also not alienating you know yeah. um and also and it goes beyond race it's also just class too like a some like art collector can come in and find like a irving stetner watercolor at my shop you know and be like, oh wow, you have like a pile of these just sitting here, and like this is really beautiful. Or like the Grim, this Grimshaw series I'm doing, you know, you can get like art dealers come in and buy high end stuff, but then you get like, you know, people from the neighborhood coming in and buying like budget records and books and whatever. So it's like it's all, it runs the gamut of class too, and uh, so it, it's not classist or uh, racist, yeah, or sexist or anything, you know. Cool. That's so a good, it's, that's a good thing. The whole thing is just to be open to open to all you know yeah. as much as you can but also um but not just to be like um you have to you have to actually work on that you know you have to like make an effort to to not alienate people right right because it's really easy to feel like an outsider you know yeah and so uh you know it might be um you know an accidental business but it's still a business how how does that stay together and how's that oh it doesn't it's a complete <laughs> failure yeah yeah man i don't I, I, you know, I haven't even made rent this month yet. Oh. You know, that's, that's pretty average for me. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, if I didn't want to put out, there's no, another difference is that I want to put out records. If I just hawked the used records and like, and, you know, eBayed all day long, like most of the record stores in the area, that'd be fine, you know? Yeah. But I'm like, well, I got, I got an extra grand. Might as well make a down payment on putting out a 45, you know, or like, okay. And, uh, so that's that's where all my money goes towards is just you know putting out all these records cool that's more important to me it seems like and also there's a i noticed this with other record stores in the area and i'm not talking bad about them i love them like i love all the shops everyone from people's to hello um found sound i love all the stores in the area and i try to support them in any way i can and they also support me by carrying the, my releases which is so awesome so there's a nice exchange there but I noticed something happening though, where you know there there is a veritable sea of records in Detroit because mm -hmm. Detroit, for a number of years, put out more records than any other city in the world. <laughs> for years, this happened for years. So all these record stores are basing their their retirement off this ocean of records, right? But then yeah. the, the ocean's depleting, <laughs> and it's not going to last forever. And nobody's replenishing the water supply. So I was like, okay, if I put out records. Then that's my way to like say thank you to the to like the strange record karmic law, you know. <laughs>
I don't know. I'm I'm really weird about stuff like that. No, it makes sense. It totally makes sense. You know, there's got there's got to be fresh fruit. I mean, uh, you know, the the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and we've got a new record uh, press opening up in Midtown, right? The whole Jack yeah. White thing. Mm -hmm. What do you feel about all that? I think it's cool. Uh, I don't know if you know nobody nobody knows how to use them yet because sure. there's like brand new machines and you know they're they're figuring it out. Yeah. And you know, I think just through the process of denial and error, they'll figure it out. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, someone has to physically make them, you know, not only just, like, put yeah. the whole thing together. Um, I guess having them made here is cool. I don't know if it'll be accessible or... I don't either. You know? You know, I mean, Third Man's cool. It's, uh, there's, like, a... Everyone always asks me, like, what do you... I mean, that's a bunch of BS. Like, what do you think about all that? Whatever. And I'm just like, I don't really care. I just don't care. I'm not interested in... Uh, you know, they, like that's just like a giant branding thing, you know? Yeah. And I'm I'm interested in more real things instead of just like glorifying in a, um, a brand. Totally. You know, I'd rather, I mean, so there, there is like an integrity thing that I think I have beyond the, that scope, but at the same time, I'm not going to knock it. You know, I think it's just another part of the process or another side of the spectrum that they represent. And that's sure. cool. Sure. And you know, and who knows, maybe I'll, maybe, and just to, I have a thing too, where any new record store that opens up, I like to try to go and buy something just to do it, you know, and, and who knows, maybe I'll like get something pressed through them just to do it, you know, yeah. just to throw some business toward them. Cause I, I support the venture. Yeah. Um, well, you're not only on the, on the store and, and production side, but you're also in what, nine bands. Yeah. I play in a lot of groups. Um, but even, yeah, I guess the stuff I work on on a daily basis is pretty far out. Um, like last night, I, I just was break make. I made all the all the bins and shelves in my shop. So cool. I, I was constructing and staining and urethaning and doing all that last night. And then the day before that, I was restoring these Grimshaw prints. You know, right on. And then uh, the day before that, I was had two band practices back to back to back. <laughs> so, it's, <laughs> so it's like every day it's, yeah. And the bands are, is a lot, but I, I, I need to start slowing down because I, I, uh, I can't keep up on all of it. You know? Yeah. Nine bands. I mean, if you got practice once a week, that's, you know. yeah. Well, luckily a couple of them are, a couple of them go on hiatus for periods, you know, Good. like the Detroit Cobras, we don't play all the time. Sure. And so that's cool. Like I got, you know, I got from now till May off of that band, you know, cool. maybe like a couple, like a recording session in the middle there somewhere, but that's about it. Yeah. And then, um, the Darlene's were on like a highest until, um, Colleen, our bass player gets back from Texas, which is in April. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so two of them are on the back burner temporarily. Okay. And so just seven bands. Right? Th yeah. Then you just, <laughs> then you sort of just, yeah, navigate like that, you know? Yeah. What are some other acts that you're involved with? Um, the my my most favorite one is the Bell Isles, which is um it's a new group. Uh, we we were less than a year old and we already got like thirty songs. We've actually got some of this with you. Yeah, here's a here's an iPhone demo of uh, I'm Leaving by the Bell Isles. Thank you. 
that band is a. It's it was like a strange little thing I've been wanting to do for years. It just hadn't had the guts to do. You know, I've always been a sideman in a million bands, and um, but you know I've been writing songs by myself off and on for years. You know, since I was a teenager, and and I was always like, one day I'm gonna start my own band. You know, and I just never did. Yeah. And then uh, I grabbed the Bandcamp name like years ago, and never uploaded a track. And but then last. Um, Last year, I forced myself to just book a show and throw a band together for it and just do it, you know? How long have you been uh, putting out records for bands? Like, is this a label? Is it? What yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, well, conceptually, it's a few labels. Um, Lo and Behold is like the umbrella label. That's the main label. And uh, um, But then there's like uh, the MDMCC, the, also known as the Marcel Duchamp Memorial Chess Club. Cool. And that's like an avant-garde tape label yeah of like uh just experimental stuff weirdo jazz and outsider stuff and it, it's that's essentially um the shop's chess club that kind of expanded into a weirdo label and uh i haven't put out any lps through that yet but i plan on doing that in the next year cool and then um but then there's folk blues night which is the name of our traditional music night that we do at the shop and that turned into a label too because i started putting out tapes recorded live at our folk night so Folk Blues Night's the traditional label, MDMCC is the experimental label, and then lo and behold's like the standard like label with you know indie modern I guess you'd say and, yeah, um, and then the new label is DMT, also known as the Detroit Magnetic Tape Company, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's pretty fun too, and that's that's like a new forty five series that I'm doing, and I want to I want to make them look like ancient. 45s you know and do promotion and you know i don't another thing about like not to knock third man but like i i, I find something that i about them though that i don't like is that the gimmick factor sure with, you know with colored vinyl all the crazy stuff playing backwards and like all oh, it's like okay and and for me when people employ so many gimmicks it it shows that the musical content isn't as strong as it could be uh -oh. and so you have to like gimmick it or do something to like elevate that yeah and so I want to just put out really, really great 45s. And um, and the only gimmick associated with it is like a traditional gimmick that labels used to do back in the 60s, where you'd have like a white label copy of it. So yeah, you're, just, holding, uh, you're holding little 45s. You got a pink one yeah, uh, for Timmy's Organism. Yep. That's like the main. That's the main look. And then right. the, the white label promo copy is just to, the one. You know, you end up giving a bunch to friends anyway. Sure. And that's what that is. It's the one you get to give to your friends. And like, and I'm going to get a little stamp made that says plug side or promotional copy like the old labels used to do in the 60s. Cool. And, uh, you know, and that's the one you gave radio stations. Like if you guys had a record player, I'd be like, oh, yeah, and here, here's one for you guys. And, uh, you know. <laughs> We, one we, day yeah one you know, day we'll have one plug style you know yeah well um, records are i mean you know you said the ocean's kind of getting uh depleted but like the record business just crossed a billion dollars again oh yeah like yeah it, you know so like there's a resurgence there yeah there's a resurgence in the overall record ocean but i was referring to the detroit record ocean the local of like the yeah. local the the, re the record lake yeah like scouring up all like the weirdo soul records and stuff uh, and, you know just like oh you know yeah. Like depleting that resource. Yeah, yeah. There's um, only so much to go around. Yeah. English people have raided Detroit years ago in the 70s, in the early 70s, and it's been going on ever since. You know, grabbing the Northern Soul stuff, and then you got electronic music. You got all this stuff. Yeah. It's just the French have come for our electronic. 
Exactly. The British have come for our soul. <laughs> exactly. The British are always coming for your soul. Yeah. Just <laughs> that's their thing. The sun never sets on the British Empire. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, do you see the do you see putting out records to be like a bigger part of your business going forward? Like is this Oh yeah. Is this, yeah. A, is this a path to sustainability perhaps? It could be. And you know, I I thought about that in the sense that maybe like and maybe that ultimately my goal, my intention might have been the right gut instinct because I think the more that I put stuff out, the more they sort of play off each other. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, somebody orders a record online and then they like, oh, that sounds good too. And then they like throw another one in the cart, you know? Yeah, totally. And that's kind of cool. And if that becomes a thing that's more consistent, that would be awesome. Yeah. I would like that. The best thing that can happen to keep my shop open is for people to buy these records. Yeah. The business model of music has changed so much recently. Yeah. You know, it's gone to like stuff like this where, you know, with records where you feel real connection to it. And it, like, it feels like you're like investing in the music instead of exactly. like disposable little thing. Exactly. And I think that's also what it amplified by, by the record industry changing. That's also what amplified um, the gimmick factor for like crazy color vinyl and like, yeah, you know, 100 of them are blue vinyl. It's like, right. who cares? And they're ultra thick. They're like super thick. Or like, know? yeah, usually they're, yeah, usually the vinyl, the um, the colored vinyl doesn't play or sound as good as like the black vinyl anyway. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I, so I don't, it's funny that people end up paying more for crummier records. Yeah. And, but that's just the commodification of like, you know, it's just how you market it, you know, it's just yeah. this thing. But I just refuse to play that game. You know, I just don't, it, it doesn't interest me at all. You seem to be going the other way. You're like you're like uh, uh, mimicking like the the promotional style of the old record labels, like almost throwaway records. Like totally, the white one is like here, take it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's exactly what I want to do. And I even want to make like um, the cool part is when you went to like record stores back then. You know, you'd find like like for this 45, it'd be like you'd find a little thing on the counter. It's like you know, making waves across the Great Lakes. New, you know, new. Uh, <laughs> new record by so and so or whatever you know so i want to like i want to make little little propaganda things like that too yeah. that are just like these little <laughs> you know that just talk up the record and uh, you know cool. from coast to coast like michigan to lake huron <laughs> you know <laughs> making a splash you know timmy's organism right <laughs> Yeah, and uh, speaking of, you guys want to hear that? Want to hear Michigan Sun? Absolutely, it's a great. So Timmy's the A side of this is Revolution Eyes, but Timmy's nice enough to give me a, an exclusive B side. And we, he was so when he, Timmy was writing this record, he was practicing at my shop. His band was yeah, and I was playing them forty fives after practice one night, and I was playing them California Sun, but not the Riviera's version, the original by uh, Joe Thomas. Uh -huh. And he was like, "Well, we should do like." A blue cheer style California Sun, but then he ended up going a step further and writing Michigan Sun, perfect, which I think is a uh, a Michigan Midwestern classic. It should be. So, it will be. Yeah. Hey man, you want to go to the beach? Yeah, let's go to the beach. When? In about five or six months. I can't remember the last time I saw the sun. It's cloudy as hell. Hey, is it raining again? Maybe it is. Now it's snowing. Awesome. I can't wait to go outside.
so perfect. It perfectly captures how I'm feeling right now. Yeah, no doubt. No. You know? <laughs> I know. Timmy's hilarious, man. I, I just... It, it it just tickled me when he did. He's like, yeah, we cut that. He's like, I don't think it's going to make the record, though. I'm like, oh, it's the perfect B-side. It he's is like, the yeah. record. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, totally. It is the record. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the last thing we got to do, we got to put you through our quiz. Oh, yeah. It's it's not about anything you know. Well, I don't know. You might know some stuff about this, but it's nothing about Lo and Behold. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nothing about the music industry. And Eli, take it away. Yeah, so this is my department. This is where I come in. So, you might run Lo and Behold. So for this episode's quiz, we're going to ask you if you know your bee home. That's right, we're talking about beehives. So I've got a couple of questions for you uh, about uh, some honeybee facts and beehive Mm. facts. So uh, I'm going to put you to the test. So question one. How many pounds of honey does your average beehive make per year? Oh, wow. That's a tough question. All right. Oh, we got... We Lord, got... Keep it coming. I, I like this. Okay. Like, we, can we, I just make an educated you know, guess? Do you want to just make an educated guess? Because well, I'll, you know. I'll also give you the options, but I want to hear where... Okay. Where, well, where, give where... me the options. Then. No, 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 no. I want to... <laughs> let's, hear, let's hear what... If, you, if you're just going to throw out a number, what would you say? You know, I imagine it's a lot. I imagine it's more than we think. You know? Um, I, what, I mean, is, is it... It's pounds, obviously, right? Yeah, we're, we're, we'll, we'll be doing this in pounds. Okay. I have to show my poker face because I, can't, give, I me a, can't... give me a couple. Okay, so, so option A, uh-huh. four pounds. Uh-uh. Option B, 40 pounds. Uh-huh. Option C, 400 pounds. Oh, wow. Uh, maybe 40 pounds? It was 400 pounds. No doubt. That's insane. Yeah, well, if, you, if you were going to just say it, like, you know, put out a, a thing... Yeah. What would you have said initially? I was going to say like 50 or 60 pounds. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like 400 yeah. pounds? Yeah. Those bees are working. Because, yeah. you know, well, honey is also very heavy. It's very, the, the weight of it itself is heavy. It's dense. You know? No, that makes sense. And delicious. It makes dense. I wish my buddy Mike was here. Because my buddy Mike, uh, he used to work at the shop, actually. He works for Peoples now, but he used to work at my shop. And he, um, he, he raises bees. He would know all these things. Oh, he would like, crush know, all yeah, those yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah. I know. And I was, I was like, dang, I should have like talked to him or like yeah. if I'd have known. Can, yeah, I but phone that's... A, can I phone a friend? Yeah, can seriously. I yeah. I think it's a good note to go out on. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you want to maybe do like an outro song? Yeah. What should I play? There's so many. I, I, yeah. You. So yeah, many cool so songs. Many, you have like a lot of songs. You, you have to you, choose one. You have to choose one. Oh, though. this is so hard. Okay, because I can do something from like a friend. I can do something by myself. I can do. Um, there's a Spanish group that just covered a song I wrote on their new route record. I could play that. Go That's with your heart. Cool. You know what? My heart's gonna be um, my block. I'm gonna do this song called My Block. It's a, uh, it's just me and an acoustic. It's an old Chiffon's uh, song. But the reason I'm gonna go with it is because the album cover that I chose for moments for this like solo iPhone record is uh, a scene from a film called uh, Motor C- uh, Wayne County Ramblin'. Is made by Dan Rose. He's cool. A, uh, anyway, there's a, the photo on the cover is a scene from that, and it features a woman with honey. Perfect reference. Yeah. Perfect reference. So my block, written by Jimmy Radcliffe. I'd be so ashamed to meet you if you came to my block. had a date, I'd meet you somewhere in the heart of town. When you took me home, we'd go nowhere near my block. 
That's it. We're closing up shop. You can check out some of the music from this episode at low-behold.org. That's lo-behold.org. Thanks to Eli Newman, who produced and edited this episode. And thanks to you for taking the time to listen. Please let us know what you think of this podcast by writing us a review on iTunes. It really, really helps. You can follow the Detroit Bus Company on Facebook and on Twitter at Detroit Bus. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Andy DeRossi from Behind the Counter. We'll see you next time. My hand, it was so grand walking down my, my, my block. And right before my eyes, my block became a paradise with you. So walk up to my house, step inside. It's a my, my block. Come on in, I have nothing more to hide. It's a my, my. Hey, the sun is dancing in the streets on my